You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests and an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rate DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, All right, welcome to Playoff, the Rig Rats podcast, episode 37, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm joined currently on a walk with his lovely dog. Kyle, welcome, buddy. How is the weather right now? Uh, Just a splendid Florida summer day. Hot as balls with a little bit of wind. Nice, nice. I mean, we can't really complain too much considering we have sun year-round. Correct. But, uh, you know. We're living life out here. Kimber and I bid everyone hello, and uh, let's dive in here, buddy. Let's 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 get talking. We've got a lot to talk about. I mean, these last uh, couple days have been pretty dreary for Oilers fans. Not gonna lie. So the fact that it, it's been sunny outside has definitely been been good for my mental health because <laughs> wow, these Oilers games have not been helping. Everyone, I'm sure, is aware Oilers are currently down at the time we're recording this two nothing in the series. When this episode comes out, which will be tomorrow on Monday, as it does, um, they'll either be down 3-0 or be one closer to 2-1. And then they'll have another game on Monday because we've got the two back-to-back games here on Sunday, Monday, which are kind of interesting. They're making the Oilers uh, catch up. And they are also doing that with the Leafs and Canadians game. They're making them catch up with the rest of the playoff games. Um, which is kind of funky, but back to back in a playoffs, uh, I think I don't think I've, I've I don't think they've done that before. I, I don't think so either. I mean, uh, it's kind of a unique situation anyway, um, so it doesn't really surprise me. But a uh, a bright spot for Oilers fans here: the last time the Oilers played the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs, they won the series and came back from a three-one series. They came back from being down three-one in the series. So. Don't lose hope, Boilers fans. There's still a chance. Was that a stat, like, on hand and ready? Oh, not a, no big deal. I'm that impressed. Guy, that guy, Moose. 
I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I mean, yes. So yeah, we have a little bit of history with that. Also in recent history, the Oilers have been really, really good in back-to-back scenarios, whether it be winning both of them or at least winning the second half of the back-to-back. That second game that have that seems to give trouble to most teams has actually been a pretty strong point for the Oilers. However, uh, we see that McDavid and Dreisaitl have been held off the score sheet in both games. Pugliarvi has the only goal scored for the Oilers in two games. I think the scores are a little bit like the goal differential is a little bit inflated, obviously, because the Jets had the two empty netters in the first game. um, And then they only scored the one overtime goal. So they've been tight games, Kyle. What have have your thoughts been so far of of these first couple of games? I mean, I don't want to say they've been bad. It's just playoffs accentuate the fact that we have to win games. It's one of those things, that, you know, like you said, they were, they were pretty tight games. It's tough because when you look at it and you're like, oh, well, we're down 2-0. That first game was was pretty tight until the end there. N- nothing crazy at that point. And then the last game, you know, they lost one nothing in overtime, which for hockey fans is a terrible game. But it's honestly not that bad of a downer. Oh, oh yeah. Just because... Can I inject on that? A one nothing <laughs> overtime loss is a horrible game to watch. I was watching a playoff game and I had commandeered the TV. I don't know how I managed to do it, but I had commandeered the TV for my girlfriend and her friend who was over at our house. And I'm like, you know what? No, it's the playoffs. I'm watching this game. And so they were subjected to sitting there while I had my Oilers jersey on yelling at the TV for three hours. And they're like showing highlights from the other games. And and the girls are like, is it? No one's scored yet? And I'm like, no. And they're like, it's not normally like this yet. I'm like, no. I mean, you know, like average hockey game, the like the most common average hockey game score is the 4-2 game. Right. Uh, and, and so I'm like, so no, it, it's this is incredible. And we, we sat there and watched it the whole time. It, we, we went so long that the girl ended up leaving. Maya went to bed and then they scored and lost. And I just sat there like, are you kidding me? So a one nothing loss, like it killed any enjoyment for hockey fans watching that was so boring especially a game that Connor mcdavid's in yeah i mean it's tough even even the regular season one nothing in overtime it's just brutal as much as it's like okay we only lost by one goal we played hard the whole game as much as it's i'm sure that that's the bright spot to it losing in overtime sucks and then on top of that losing by one goal in the whole game and then that one goal is scored in overtime it just kind of I'm sure it's a sore subject for uh, any actual hockey player. So it kind of sucks, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you live and you learn and uh, you hope to come back the next game and put up a couple points. I think in the regular season, the Oilers did not have very much luck when Connor and Leon were on the same line. I think they should split them up again. It doesn't look I, like I they're doing that for at least the game tonight. At yeah. least starting it. It looks like it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pugliarvi. And, like, I get it's nice to have, like, a bit of a super line, per se. You know, I understand that it's um, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's kind of nice to just be able to have all of your firepower on one, but then you have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. Well, so let's let's talk about that because that's one of the things I've got here. McDavid and Dreisaitl, like I said, pointless. 
we're calling it a super line. It is a super line, but I, I, I just don't know. Like the Jets are playing, like I'll give it to the Jets. They're playing some really good smothering team defense. They're hitting Connor and Dreisaitl every time they have the chance, which is you how you have to play them. I wince every time McDavid takes a crunch in the corner, but that's just the way the playoffs go. I mean, they're fighting through it. They're getting looks. I just, I don't know what's going on. I don't think it's all the Jets, but the Jets are definitely helping it. They're playing good defense. Hellebuck is also playing quite well. I don't know what's going on with the two of them. As much as that, that's two of the best players in the league, no doubt. Especially, you know, when you add Puyarvi on that line too, he had a lot of size, speed, um, and a lot of very good potential, you know, as he's shown throughout the season. But it's still one of those things that's just hard to break through. Uh, like you mentioned, they're just the, the Jets are just absolutely smothering the Oilers in the neutral zone. And it's tough to play against like a trap like that. Um, when you set up a trap in the neutral zone, it, it is just really tough to break through, especially when your, your breakout and your breakthrough the neutral zone is usually Leon or Connor just absolutely zooming through the neutral zone, getting in and then calling it a day, you know? It's tough to do that because they set up in such a way that it's once you get past one guy's stick, there's another guy right there. So, I mean, it's tough. And I think you got to find a way to adjust on that so that you're not running into that every single time you're trying to break out of the zone. It's going to be hard to figure that out. And I think they got to learn how to play loose spaces a little more and just kind of pass or pass through it, pass through that, that trap and find a way to break them. Yeah, and I also don't think that they're going to hold him off the board forever. I mean, it's it's Connor freaking McDavid. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I worry what it does for the confidence. But also, so the game two is an overtime, kind of a fluky, Stasny shot it at the net. There was a screen in front. It tipped off Adam Larson into the net. It's a toss of a coin in overtime. Game one, though, the Jets won that because their bottom six scored. And wow, does our bottom six just have no offense going for it? I'd say Chason, maybe James Neal can stay, but I am unbelievably pretty dumb much done, at least for now, with Jujar Kara. Zach Cassian, what is he doing? Uh, th- so there's just been a, a lot of, of, of passengers, a lot of spectators um, that I think need to come out. They're not creative in anything. Like they're just... It, Offense is dying. They're offensive black holes. So one of the big things that everybody says, you know, oh, Zach Cassian needs a he needs a crowd to to get like in his bag kind of deal. Like he needs the crowd to get jumped up. Okay, but he's still getting paid. I think what three point two five or something like that. Yeah, I don't care yeah. who you he's are. A I don't care what you need. Player. You're getting paid three point two five a year to play hockey. Show up, do something. I don't even care if he's scoring. Hit somebody. Make a play. Exactly. Exactly. Show that, that you here's care the thing. even half a bit. If we're if we're looking at the it, 2017, if we're looking at the 2017 playoffs, we liked and like it was awesome that he scored big goals, but we were more excited and appreciated a lot more when he was crunt like leveling Logan Couture and, and you know Corey Perry Kessel. Like he was smashing people in both of those series. And we love that. And then the fact that he was scoring on top of that, you know, made it really cool. And if we, he was just out there every time Shifley Wheeler touched the puck, he's crunching them. Their defenders are tiny people comparatively, just smushing them. If he is turning people into paste, 
we love him. He stays in the lineup. And then you know what? If he bags a few, incredible. And I bet if he's out there crunching people like that, he'll probably end up bagging a few because he's going to create more turnovers. But like, he's like trying to create plays, I guess. And just like, stop, stop do what you do yeah. and you'll be good. And, but he's not doing it and it's throwing him off his game and making him basically useless. Yeah, exactly. It's like, a, it's play, play where your game is. Like I understand you, you know, you want to be that guy that's scoring the big goals. Great. Do what you're supposed to do first and then go for the extracurriculars. If, if he's, you're, you were saying it just right. Even, even care is a decent size too. I mean, he's no, you know, nobody signs those guys to be pure skill guys. You sign them to be grit, and then when they make space because they just leveled three people, when they make space, they're in front for dirty goals. That's why you sign those guys to contracts. And I, don't, and I think everybody wants to be Connor. They're looking at Connor and being like, yep, I want to be this guy. And, and I get it. He's really good. But do you. Be your person. Play the way you're supposed to play. Yeah, I think that's just not happening. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it, it's going to be interesting. In my opinion, I would send, honestly, get rid of both of them. I'd put in Gaetan Haas. I'd also put in Tyler Ennis because, like, we're not creating anything offensively. And if anything, those guys are speed and they will try things. Hell, we saw Ennis almost hit the freaking lacrosse goal. I, so, right, they yeah. have the, the confidence to do that, and they're speedy, and I think, I think we can play into that game a little bit more. Like, if they're going to try and hit us, we'll, we'll run around them. Right. So, I, I think I mean, we, at this we, point, we should do that because we're not hitting them, so why we should switch our game up then. Okay, don't hit them. Put guys in that are faster. If, if you're going to have your big guys try to play like skill guys, kick them to the curb. Have your skill guys play like skill guys. Actually, adding skill – to their roster, we see Nick Ehlers is coming back for game three. We haven't seen him for a while. He was one, probably one of their best players when he was healthy during the regular season. That's a pretty big boost for them uh, coming in the playoffs. So I guess I'll ask you about game three. What do you, what do you think? They added Ehlers. I'm not really sure what the Oilers have done with, with their lineup at the moment. From Tippett, I expect more of the same. Yeah, I mean... I think just going along the lines of what we've already said, I think adding that kind of skill in uh, Nick Ehlers, just adding that to another piece of firepower to their roster is going to be a tough, a tough go. I mean, it's going to be hard to play against. That's another guy you just got to look at and, and guard hard. And there's really nothing else that you can do about it. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if you're going to bring more skill guys, that's fine. You know, and then you just got to find a way around it. You got to dig deep. Make sure that when the skill guys are on, our skill guys are blocking them. And then you got to look for your bottom six to score. I mean, you really got to have those guys playing. Superstars alone cannot get it done in the playoffs. It's just a fact. You need your depth scoring in the playoffs. I mean, ask anybody that knows anything about hockey. Ask anybody who's played in the league. They'll tell you, you cannot win a playoff series if you don't have uh, extra guys in the bottom scoring. So I have the lineup, the confirmed lineup for tonight for game three here on Sunday. All right. The super line, as we were expecting, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pugliarvi. Beneath that, uh, we see that Tippett has thrown, is throwing everything at the wall, but it also looks like he has taken my advice. He listens to the podcast. Confirmed live listener to this Zoom meeting, Dave Tippett. Um, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, we see McLeod as the center. 
and Zach Cassian on that second line. What do you think about that? That's a pretty interesting line. I, I, I think I like that just because, I mean, obviously we know that Nuge is good just under the bar of McDavid and Drysaddle. Um, so he's good. I think McLeod has showed a shit ton of potential. I think he skates his ass off. Um, I think he's trying to prove himself still. And that's very really what you got. responsible. We, we have him yep. killing penalties already. He's very defensively yep. responsible. And then I think if, if anybody is in Cassian's head at all saying, hey, fuck you, go hit somebody. I think that's a perfect guy to put there because Nuge is not a very big guy. McLeod's a decent size. But he's no, he's not, you know, necessarily your your big grit guy. So I think if Cassian does what he's supposed to do, he's gonna go in the corner, bury somebody, make the pass to the front to the skill guys, and they're gonna score. If they all play it the way that they should, you're gonna score goals out of that line. We also see a third line that is, I'm gonna say it right now. I'll be surprised if they do anything. Like this is. Uh, another line I just don't see any offense coming from. Uh, we got Jujar Kara centering Devin Shore and Josh Archibald, uh, I, I guess. But we do see a very promising fourth line. I'm going to call it the Mini Mites line. We've got Gaetan Haas centering Tyler Ennis and Kaylor Yamamoto. Ooh, I, I like I like that. That's definitely it. You're right, though. That's definitely the uh, the Mini Mites line. <laughs> Ennis, Haas, and uh, Yamamoto. Yeah, and I mean, none of them are, are large are large fellows at all. So I think they're going for pure speed and skill on that line. Just, I like uh, it. Just try something. Like I was saying, just try something. Yeah, mix it up. Try something. If it's not working, the age-old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it's broke, dude, fix it. <laughs> then we see uh, what the fans have been calling for, at least on Twitter. Uh, we see Nurse and Bear finally put together on the top line. We see Kulikov and Larson stay together. They've been pretty defensively responsible. And then we see Slater Cuckoo, who I've really liked, to be honest, and Tyson Berry, who's going to stay in the lineup purely for the power play. But we don't want him skating the same minutes with Nurse. And then, obviously, Mike Smith and Nett. And I'll say it right now, through two games so far, Mike Smith has been a better goalie than Connor Hellebuck, even though Hellebuck has that shutout. I think it's mainly because just the caliber of shots have not been the same. I, I think, I think uh, the jets are getting more shots on goal as it is. And I think it's one of those things where you're just seeing different shot selection based on merely, you know, the guys that are in the lineup based on just the guys on each lineup um, who's taking the shots. I, I think you're seeing a different set of shot selection. You're seeing a different set of skill. Just looking at it. I think Hellebuck is making some saves that obviously Hellebuck's a fantastic goalie but I think you see him making some saves that he's getting a little lucky on he's not having as tough of a time trying to fight rebounds out because his defenders are getting rid of the puck in the front he's not seeing as big of screenshots because his defenders are getting the people out in front and there's really not anybody trying to do a huge screens in front for the Oilers I would agree I would agree with your statement there all right so I'm gonna ask I guess prediction for game three and four I don't give me a score just what do you think? Do you think we go down 3-1? Do you think we're out of it? You think you think they get sweat? I say there's at least one win here. I don't think the sweep comes just yet. I think that it would be nice to see two wins come out of this, even up the series, and and have it, you know, stay pretty even and and, and go from there. I think I think the boys bounce back. Everybody kind of realizes that they've not been doing their jobs. They start to do their job, even if just a little bit. I think they start to do their jobs and they squeak out two wins here. 
I think one of the games is going to be a, like a Connor Leon go nuclear game and they just can't contain them and they go crazy. And then the other one, I think, will be another hard fought toss up and it'll go either way. So um, I definitely think at least one win. And then if we can come out of this tied up two two even series, that would be amazing. Um, however, we are going to take a quick break before we hop around the league, look at the rest of the playoffs and then wrap this thing up because we got an Oilers game coming up here tonight. That, oh, we got to watch. Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the house of hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. All righty, we are back. So we are going to start with the playoffs, just looking around the league. Kyle, what series do you want to start with, buddy? A lot to talk about. Let's start out west. We'll talk about uh, Knights Wild. Start start over there. Yeah, so alrighty. So we got Vegas Golden Knights take on the Wild, like you mentioned. Uh, Minnesota won that opening game, and then Vegas said, all right, that was fun, and have just taken them to the woodshed these last games. Like, oh my God. Fleury has been also outstanding. Um, he's just been unreal. Again, I really think these playoffs, he plays the way like this. Team Canada really is going to take a long, hard look at Marc-Andre Fleury for the upcoming Olympics. What do you, what do you thought about this one? I mean, Vegas is dominant. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I think exactly what's happening, exactly what I predicted to happen when we were talking about our series predictions here, exactly what we think was going to happen, I think is, is going to happen. Winnipeg got a, a win or two. You know, they, well, they got one. And, and they may get another one here down the stretch. But ultimately... Vegas is just going to handle them like crazy. Yeah, and I also want to take a quick note on here uh, before we move on to another series. Mark Stone is what a player. I mean, did you see his shorthanded goal? And and then his celebration, like when he like he pops up and he yells and like that look on his face, like oh my god, like I wanted to run through a wall for Mark Stone on that celebration. Yeah. Like oh my god, like that guy, like what a guy. Yeah, that's one of those things where, like, you, you in in playoff hockey, it's just those guys get so excited when when you score a goal like that, especially a shorty. Mark Stone's a pretty veteran guy. Uh, I mean, that is pure excitement of 
Let's go. I'm excited that everybody can get pumped for this, and we're, we're playing playoff hockey. Playoff celebrations are by far and away better than regular season celebrations. Yeah, so before we move on, I think we both can agree that come our regular Thursday episode, Vegas is on to round two. Yeah. Alrighty, so I guess we'll stick out west then. We'll go to Colorado, St. Louis. The Colorado Avalanche are just crushing the St. Louis Blues. Um, I thought that the only um, sweep in the round one was going to be Carolina, Nashville. That is not the case, and it is setting up to be Colorado, St. Louis. Um, obviously, that sweep is still really hard to get, but Colorado, the talent they ooze has been pretty incredible. And then we also have the big news coming out of there. They also managed to win without Nazem Kadri, who, surprise, surprise, hit someone in the head in the round one of the playoffs and has been suspended eight games for it. Lucky for him, the Colorado Avalanche are in just a nat, like an old wagon right now. So he'll be back for round two for sure. We'll see if he's able to make it through a playoff round ever. Um, but what have you thought about this? I mean, Kadri flew under the radar for a hot bit when he wasn't the, uh, it shifted over to Marchand and Wilson and those guys would come back to the league. But I mean, Kadri's right up there with the rest of them. There's, there's no getting around it. He's done some pretty dirty stuff in the past and that's a high hit with no regard. I mean, it's just, you look at it and it wasn't pretty. I mean, no matter if you look at it regular or slow-mo you know, what angle you looked at it from, it just did not look good for him. So I'm not surprised at all. And I, I think the league does the right thing there in putting a, a high game, an eight game suspension on him like that. And I'll say in terms of talent and players, uh, McKinnon is probably the only person that's pushing McDavid right now, just in what I'm seeing, like that he is, he's pretty incredible. Kale McCarr is just disgusting Grubauer has been really good it's been it's been an impressive showing from the Colorado Avalanche but you know what they're not going to sleep with me so I guess we'll move on we'll move on to uh you want to go up north where do you want to go now buddy yeah we'll, we'll, we'll go up north we'll save the uh we'll save a couple of the exciting series for last all righty well I guess this is some more gruesome stuff here we got Toronto versus Montreal series even 1-1 but big headline coming out of this is the Tavares injury if you haven't seen it uh, watch at your own discretion. It is, like I said, pretty gut-wrenching. gut-wrenching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, there is blood. Um, I'll say that. Uh, pretty brutal play. I mean, it was unfortunate the way it played out and unfortunate there was Perry. Um, I'll even say this. Perry and Tavares are good friends. They've played Team Canada together for a long time. They were drafted around the same time. So I know that there's like a relationship between them outside of hockey. So they're quite good friends. And Perry, as much as we all hate him, there's nothing he could have done on this play completely by accident, but just really, really tough stuff for Tavares and 10 minutes into game one of the playoffs. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's a bit of a fluke play. I mean, he takes a, he takes a clean hit in, in the neutral zone and then he goes down kind of with his head facing backwards. And then Perry on the way by tries to get out of the way and just his knee catches the back of Tavares's head he gets him full in the mouth like was it fly, was it right yeah, did like he twist fly, around <sighs> flying knee like with knee pads in the yeah, air yeah it's and it was kind of one of those things it's just a, a bit of a fluky deal um you see him go down and you're like ah that sucks he's probably gonna have a you know a good concussion out of that and then the trainers go over there and when they try to pick him up he just kind of melts and then 
as soon as they tried to get him to his knees and he, he kind of went backwards, you, you could see the panic on the trainer's faces and, and Dubas, you could, you know, when they panned up to Dubas too, you could just see the panic on these guys' faces, not even for the fact that, Oh no, Tavares is down. It's just kind of like out of sheer humanity. It's like, Oh my gosh, that guy is very, very hurt. So um, there were a lot of people that were doing like live reactions and stuff to this. And, and some people like thought he was dead. Like you said, when he ragdolled back, he was, it out. did not look, no, yeah. it was not good. I will say there has been some good news. He has been released uh, from the hospital. He is now home. Um, he doesn't have, they also said that he doesn't have any structural damage to his neck, spine or head or jaw, which is really, really important. He does have a concussion. He also had, took a knee injury somehow in that which is probably going to have him out for at least two, two to three weeks. Um, and then the concussion for probably longer, but it sounds like he was responsive. He was like texting uh, the Maple Leafs before their game two. And then we see in game two, the Maple Leafs come out and blow the doors off. They finally score on the power play. Uh, what have you thought about the hockey so far? Cause John Tavares sounds like he is going to make it, um, which is really good. Last but on John Tavares, I think once he was getting stretched off the ice, he throws the thumbs up, and, and that's a good sign for everybody to see. You know, it's always nice to see a guy, you know, give a little light of hope on the on the back end of an injury like that. As far as hockey goes, I mean, it's it's been it's been pretty good hockey. I mean, they've been pretty even back and forth. I think that first game, especially, I think you know all of the Leafs guys were kind of in a bit of a funk, just probably just you know stuck with Tavares there. Uh, you can't really blame them for being a little out of whack their captain goes down like that um, i also don't know like anything like they see him stretchered off and then that's it really for them the players so they have yeah, no they, anything past that the last thing they saw was him throw the thumbs up and stretch it off and then that is it i mean obviously you'd be like that for for any of the players on your team but especially for to be your captain you're just kind of like oh man like what's what's the deal here other than that i think the hockey's been pretty good you know they finally opened the floodgates a little in, the, in that game too i know there was uh habs were not quite happy about some of the stuff going on but like i said before before the the series started i think it's it's really is a will of two different styles toronto is fast skill we're going to score as many times as we can and montreal is uh controlled and aggressively defensive looking for all of the great plays they can get so I think the series as, as a whole so far has been pretty good. Yeah, and they're just letting Carey Price try and bail them out of every problem they ever find themselves in, which worked in game one, didn't really work in game two. Um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. Um, I agree. I think that now that the Leafs players know that Tavares is going to be okay, uh, we'll see what happens. That game two was pretty, pretty impressive from them. Um, last thing on, on this, what did you think of the Felino-Perry fight after? Did you think it was necessary? What did you think? Uh, I think it's one of those things, I mean, obviously, uh, I think uh, Corey Perry, you know, they asked him about what the kind of conversation was going on. If you watch the video of the fight, you can see they're standing there before the drop and they're just kind of standing there chatting chatting with one another. Uh, both refs skate over and, and are standing there and they both kind of just looked at the refs and gave them the, all right, you guys can, you guys can go away. The men are talking now. <laughs> and I think it's as much as it was an accident and anybody who watches that can see it. Just like Felino said, you know, when they asked Perry, they asked him what they were talking about. And Felino just kind of gave him like, listen, I know it's an accident, but he's our captain. Someone's going to answer for it. So, you know, let's settle it right now and then we'll move on. I think I think that's a, a veteran move from Felino. And I, I think 
out of all of the indecent things that Corey Perry's done, that's definitely redeemed some of his uh, respect that he just kind of goes, all right, we'll go for it. And if you watch the fight, I think Felino wins that fight. It was pretty even, but I think Felino comes out on top on that one. So, um, yeah, and it, it, you can also tell there wasn't like a lot of like hate, bad blood in, about in, it. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in the punches thrown, that obviously they're punching each other, but it was sort of like a little bit of WWE esque, you know, a bit for show almost. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it was, it was yeah. definitely kind of one of those. I have to hit you, and you have to hit me. We'll just kind of give it a few shots and kick rocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Alrighty, so I'm going to work my way up the list here. We're now in the East. We've got Pittsburgh versus the New York Islanders series is even at two apiece. And I think we all figured this series was going to be a nail biter uh, fight in the trenches just because of the way that um, New York plays. And then I think, honestly, Pittsburgh has kind of uh, leaned into that as well and has embraced that. And they're just playing a war of attrition now back and forth. Um, It's a pretty good series. Uh, What have you think so far? Not, not nearly as much extracurricular activity as uh, some of the other series. I think it's pretty much been straightforward hockey. I don't know about um, that. They filled both teams filled their boxes. They there was like nine oh, nine I, guys in each box in like game three. I forgot about that. I didn't, I, I didn't even think about that. Well, yes. So there's a little bit of that, but I, I think just both of those teams don't necessarily play a super gritty style. Um, so I mean, obviously it's the playoffs, so you, you kind of you get those those moments where the you know you're filling all, you're filling both boxes and getting them down and dirty on a on a bit of a scrum play where everybody's just kind of jumping in. And so I think that here and there you get those, but other than that, those teams are are pretty much playmaker skill style teams. So I, I think that the hockey's been very even, very good. Um, it's certainly uh, goal filled. Um, there's you know no shortage of goals there, and exciting hockey to watch. Yeah, we think I think we both predicted Pittsburgh to to move on in this one, but again, this one could go either way. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a bounce. It's gonna be one of those those playoff type plays that we're all gonna be talking about um, come round two. Uh, so moving on though, one that I don't think we saw going exactly this direction. It's been a hell of a series though. We see Washington taking on Boston. Boston up three to one. Uh, the first three games went to overtime. It's been that tight of a series. But Boston has come out on top so far. I think also a little bit of Washington's goaltending carousel has um, sort of hurt them a little bit. We saw Ovechkin yelling at Samsonov at the end of game three. Um, but it's been it's been a pretty intense series. But man, Boston has them by the throat now. Do you think do you think Washington can pull themselves out? I mean, I predicted Washington to take the win. Um, As did I. But but in all honesty. Boston is looking unreal right now. I mean, they're just playing very good hockey, structural. They're finishing checks. They're picking up loose pucks. I mean, obviously, we know Boston's a good team, but I think I think Boston's going to finish this one out. Even even if Washington could squeak another game or so, like if they had probably some some higher caliber goaltending. You know, not that the goaltending has really been a problem necessarily, but I think it's just kind of one of those things that they don't really have a huge starter. So I think I, I think the series goes a little bit differently if they have, you know, Holtby still. But honestly, I think Boston's going to end this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Sadly, uh, it'll ruin all my brackets already. Round one, like every year, every every year, I'm like, yeah, I know how this is going to go. And then, boom, round one, my brackets are obliterated. I think Boston's too much of a veteran team to let Washington back in. I mean, Boston has done this 
forever and ever and ever. They're going to they're gonna finish them off, unfortunately, I think, here. Um, another series that is coming down to, I think, its last dying breaths. It's been a really good series, but again, we just see the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-1 series lead over the Florida Panthers. Incredible series. I really think that this one could have gone either way either, but Tampa, again, just they've done it, and they are ahead in the series. I watched the majority of this last game that they played. Uh, I think it's it's tough. I think the next game will probably be a little dangerous, to be honest with you. There was a, a lot of extracurricular activity going on in that one. Some off the puck, too. I mean, it was there were some guys that were taking some uh, fairly gratuitous shots uh, at other guys. I mean, um, you see Anthony Duclair hacking at uh, Kucherov's knees in the corner, completely away from the puck. Um, they give him a slash there. You know, I, I think there there should probably be a a bit more of a repercussion for that one, just because he skates out of his way and then hacks the back of his knee with his stick. And then there's there's just a couple other plays that you know the refs are the refs honestly tried to set the tone pretty early. They tried to keep it you know in the bounds here, but it just got out of control. And I think the other games have kind of been like that too. Just a lot of back and forth. Well, you hit my guy. Well, I'm going to hit your guy. Otherwise. Great hockey. I'll say on the topic of slashing there, um, we've seen, I'll say, I don't know, I might just be noticing it more, but it seems like the player safety is fining a ton more players that five grand for slashing penalties, especially now in the playoffs. I think the player safety department has realized that everyone's like laughing at the five grand maximum allowed penalty. So they're like, okay, then we'll just fine you more often, maybe. So like they're right. hitting, they're gonna hit people more. So like you might see people hit like rack up like fifteen thousand in like, you know, penalties. But fifteen thousand still to someone who's making like even one mil a right. year is is, right. is next to nothing. Um, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a joke. But it definitely seems like the fines for slashing and other like small infractions have gone up since the playoffs have started. Um, and then that yeah. also continues to into the Carolina s- series because I saw that yep. Dahl yep. had been fined with a fl- slashing penalty. Carolina is up 2-1 to one currently in the series over Nashville. However, while you talk about the hockey so far, I'm going to check the current score. I mean, we both predicted this one to be a, a Carolina sweep, and we figured it was going to be the only sweep in the, uh, in, the, in the first round. And I really think that last overtime game could have gone either way. It was a it was a real tight game, and I think you know they moved this last game. They, they moved into Nashville, and so you know obviously there's fans in, in the stands here. It's one of those things where you know you're getting that that home ice feel. No, as no, of right yet. now, it is about to go to double overtime. Wow, another another nail biter. I think that Nashville crowd gets gets pretty rowdy. They get a little unruly. You know, they have a couple of funny chants where they they're they're yelling at the goalie. You know, it's like. If you if they score a fourth goal, it's like one, two, three, four, and then they're you know chanting the goalie's name. It's all your fault. You know they're yelling at them. Um, I mean, I'm sure these are professional athletes. They they've probably learned to block some of that out. But I mean, at at a certain point, it's just getting at you. You know, you, you got to think that there. And you have uh, even just like the the ten thousand people crowd that they're having right now. And they have you calling by name and yelling that it's your fault. Like, yeah, that'd probably rattle you a little bit. I, I'd think. Though I will say that the one person that has really impressed me, who I wasn't really sure about, and he's even though he's been on the losing end, he's been really, really solid. UC Saros in net for the Predators. Uh, their game's about to go to double overtime right now. It's 3-3. 
Hurricanes have 51 shots on net to the Predators 36. So UC Saros is doing everything he can to hold it in. And even surprisingly that they went with Saros over Rene um, in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, Carolina all day. I, I mean, unless Nashville can pull it out here in overtime, tie the series 2-2, that'd be pretty impressive. And I mean, they're they're giving them all they can handle, I guess. So props to Nashville for that. You got to think that somewhere along the line here, Carolina's going to break through. I and mean, some 51 shots is... is... That's a lot of shots on goal. That's a lot of opportunities. Uh, you got to think something breaks through here. But like we said, overtime is a, a one-shot game either way. So it'll be interesting. I, uh, you know, whoever wins the, the game tonight definitely sets the tone, especially going back to Carolina next game. Uh, you know, Carolina has the home ice advantage in this one. I think they're going to end up taking it regardless of how long this, this series goes. Um, and so now before we wrap up here, I would like to do one small piece of news. I'd like to give a shout out to Team Latvia for beating Team Canada 2-0 in their opening win. You know what? I'm not even going to be mad that they beat Canada. This is the first time they beat them in 12 meetings in the tournament. And it, it sounds like the Latvian team has been playing together for quite a long time. Um, and that's what they sort of took advantage of. But they shut them out 2 nothing. So, you know what? Go you, Team Latvia. I will be interesting to see what happens if they meet again um, once round, even one round of the playoffs is done. And, you know, some right. of the guys that come over and they're like, hey, and then Team Canada's first line center isn't Connor Brown. <laughs> no disrespect yeah. to Mr. Brown, but yikes. <laughs> I think uh, also uh, hats off to the, um, the Latvian government. They, they, uh, they, they brought a ton of flowers into the uh, Canadian embassy as a gesture after winning. I saw that on, online. Uh, so I think that's a funny uh, little thanks, man. We won, but. Thanks for trying. You that's know? a, that's so. a really good troll job because it's also like the Canadians probably wouldn't even have been mad about it. They're just like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just oh, like, we'll plant, these, we'll, we'll plant these out back. <laughs> like it, that is probably a pretty friendly exchange. Like we'll get you next time. Yeah. <laughs> but so. I you know I did, I did wanted to give a quick shout out to Latvia because it's not every day that they beat Team Canada, obviously. Um, yep. But with that, we are going to wrap up because I got to go through my pregame routine to make sure the Oilers win. Because if I don't put my socks on left to right and my then my Oilers undies on after I put my socks on first, the Oilers won't win. And I think that's what the problem's been. I was putting them on right to left and now I need to go left to right. So I'm going to switch it up. We're going to see what happens tonight. Uh, hopefully when we talk again, the Oilers have even up the series. Kyle, do you got anything you want to add before we wrap it up here? Uh, we'll just uh, maybe, maybe tip it a listen again and take a little more of our advice and uh, set the guys straight and we'll figure it out. 100%. All right. So tip it, if you're listening to this last thing, bring back the tip it stash. I've seen the pictures. We want it. We all want it. Um, that'd be my last thing. And so with that, I'm going to wrap up. If you guys want to follow along, I live tweet, um, all the Oilers games, my opinions, uh, if you want to, you know, want to know what those are, I guess, if you're listening to this, you might. So, uh, that's going to be at the rig underscore rats on Twitter. Uh, you can follow along. You should also follow the hockey podcast network. That's going to be at hockey Podnet. Big shout out to the sponsors of all of our episodes right now, DraftKings. We could not do that. These episodes without them. So, Big shout out to them. And as always, be sure to like, share, and subscribe um, wherever you listen to this podcast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It helps out a great deal. And, you know, this is a playoff time, Kyle. So let's go Oilers! Oilers!